This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. Visit SmartGolfDeals.com for promotions and savings. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome to Golf Talk Canada. Actually, our final Tuesday edition of Golf Talk Canada. Now that the NHL is coming back, all signs pointing towards go. Leafs Lunch will be returning to its regular time slot, I believe, as early as next week. So this is our final Tuesday edition of GTC. We'll have a Thursday edition coming up this week. And then, of course, Always Saturday morning across the TSN radio network. Zakino here with you. We're all in-house today as I'm back from Detroit. And joined now by my co-host, Mr. Bob Weeks. Bob, how are you today? Another beautiful day. Uh, a hot, steamy one again. Oh, I don't hear Bob. Either he's got his microphone off or he's yes, not connected. Yes, uh, <laughs> you're doing Was that rain micro- dance. Was the microphone off, Bob? Was that, was that the, why I didn't hear you? Can you hear me now? Yeah, I got you now. <laughs> no, just you know what happens what when it happens when you work from home and you work work on your uh on through your phone and someone decides to call you just as you're going on <laughs> it kicks you off. So I just learned that right now. Um anyway. <laughs> anyway, it's uh it's all good. The um the weatherman would be a very popular guy if he could predict a little bit of rain and there's a chance i know for thunderstorms maybe a little bit later today but i think towards the weekend maybe a little bit of rain but it's it's as we've been saying i think for like three weeks now it's brown 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 right well brown is beautiful these days you gotta love it on a golf course i like that little bit of yellow that brown that hot but i know you're right the superintendents they would like a little water what a crazy week in detroit so many storylines to get to, so much happening in the world of golf. In fact, later on in the show, Will Gray from Golf Channel is going to join Bob. And I actually saw Will a bunch of times in Detroit this week. Didn't really have much time to connect with him. I was under the headset. I was just saying hi to him in passing every day. Uh, of course, Will was up front uh, with Bryson DeChambeau when the comments were made about protecting one's brand and uh, responsibilities of media, etc. Bizarre comments, really. And Bob and I will break that down for you in the next segment and get into it a little deeper with uh, Will Gray. Bruce Rogerson from Muskoka Bay Club, our friends at Muskoka Bay Club, going to pop in today as well and tell us about what spring and has been like and summer at the Muskoka Bay Club. Always one of my favorite places to play golf. Stardom Sidham with Adam Scully. Winners, weird or what? No shortage of bizarre in the world of golf. 20 weeks of TaylorMade. Another crazy busy show, but let's kick it off with news and headlines. Headlines are brought to you by the McKenzie Tour, PGA Tour Canada. Tomorrow's stars today. All right, Bob, one of my favorite headlines and something that I've had my eye on for several weeks now and just kind of been nervous about the entire thing because my experience in Detroit was a positive one. I felt safe, thought the PGA Tour did a great job with protocols and and things in place so that we could feel safe in a work environment. But I was asking myself the whole time I'm there, why would you inject a bunch of fans into this environment? Why would you want to take that risk? Where's the upside in allowing 8,000 people onto a golf course like what was planned up to just a couple of days ago at the Memorial in two weeks in Ohio? And then news broke uh, yesterday that uh, the Memorial has decided to go. 
spectator-free. The PGA Tour has decided to stick with no fans on the grounds. Bob, this is a great decision. It's the only decision, really, Mark. You know, they they really didn't have any any possibilities of doing this safely or and I think if you just look at the number of in other sports team sports where the numbers are are you know popping and uh, I mean I don't know there's so many crazy stories out there this was just one that that really didn't need to happen Uh, the PGA Tour you know it likes obviously to have the gate because it helps support local charities and things but it can operate without the gate and so um, you've, you've got a good record good clean record going as you said you feel safe why why take a chance yeah, I'm with you. I think you and I felt have been feeling like this for weeks, and uh, I'm glad uh, they saw it the same way. Um, Bryson wins. Let's talk about the numbers, the on-golf course stuff, the good stuff. In the next segment, we'll get into the ugly stuff. But the good stuff, ball speeds of 196, uh, drives over 320, some carries of 340, 350, first in driving uh, distance, first in strokes gained off the tee, First in strokes gained putting. Now fourth on the Ryder Cup list. Seventh in the world. Fourth on the FedEx Cup. Uh, Man, this is a a different way of doing it. We saw this coming. You know, he's been trending in this direction. In fact, I started him a couple weeks ago in Stardom Sidham. We all saw this coming. It was a matter of time. Uh, This is a very different way of doing things, however. Yeah, he's basically gone and taken uh, a page from the you know, professional long drivers and brought it onto the PGA Tour. That's what it looks like when he hits the thing. I mean, I know he's got um, he's got more than, as you just pointed out with those numbers, he's got more than just being able to hit the ball a long way. Uh, but but it is a different way to play. It is a, um, a style that he has figured out. And, and if you listen to him talk, he says, you know, it's not so much about hitting it far. It's about leaving himself very little for his second shot. That's kind of what drove his whole madness behind this, which is an interesting uh, way to look at it. But listen, he's done unusual things, different things, strange things, scientific things uh, since we've known him. So this is uh, this is another one, and it's it's pretty impressive. I think there's a lot of people looking and saying, "Man, should I get into the gym?" Yeah, uh, and I think it's going to be the younger guys, and it's going to be the guys coming up after him, uh, maybe showing maybe a different path and a different way of doing things. Something to note, uh, Bob, as well, that I don't think we've really talked about much, and something that I just learned in the last seven days. Uh, Victor Hovland led the field this week in proximity to uh, proximity to the hole category. However, if you have an approach shot on the PGA Tour inside 30 yards, shot length doesn't pick it up as proximity to the hole. It picks it up as a short game pitching stat, so strokes gain around the green. Right. So all those approach shots that Bryson had for his second shot on par fours, and there was quite a few of them all week that were inside 30 yards that he hit to inside 10 feet, never counted for his uh, proximity. So he probably would have led in that category as well. All right, Tiger's still on the shelf. I know you get asked it five times a week. I get asked it five times a week, so you must get asked it ten times a week. We see a Tiger at the – not this week, but (laughs) are we going to see him at the Memorial in two weeks? I got to think so. I mean, it's it's what everybody's been waiting for. It was kind of the the safe bet when people were picking where is he going to show up. That's where it was. It was going to be one of those – Spots where we knew he was comfortable playing, where he's played well before. I mean, he's a creature of habit. Let's face it. There's not often 
when Tiger Woods goes and plays a tournament that he has never played before. So uh, I'm thinking it'll be next week, and if I'll be shocked if it isn't because I don't know when then he does. Then he, that means he's probably going to start at the PGA Championship, and I don't really see that happening. I think he wants to get one round of golf or one tournament under his belt before he starts out at a major championship. But, hey, wouldn't be the first time <laughs> that he's surprised us. Yeah, and I'm with you, Bob. If he doesn't show up at Memorial, and I think he he is going to show up at Memorial, but if he doesn't, I don't, I don't think he'll play FedEx WGC. I think we see him at the PGA Championship. All right, uh, eight international event series uh, is official happening uh, in the U.S. Fifty-four hole events for uh, mini tour players as a, a place to compete. That was announced uh, this week. And, and now more news on the European side. The European Tour kicks off this week, and news out of uh, the ladies' game that the Women's British Open is a go-ahead. I'm surprised by th- that announcement. Um, what I need you to do, Bob, for our listening audience, is break down some of these categories on how they put this European Tour event together in the upcoming week. This is hilarious. <laughs> So, so just to go <laughs> this through is those so things, good. Sorry. You just mentioned in order. Yeah, mentioned in order. First of all, we've got the uh, uh, the basically the international that that fifty four hole tournament is going to be essentially replacing in a lot of ways Mackenzie Tour, PGA Tour Canada. It'll be there. Women's British Open is going to go in August. I'm still interested to see what kind of field will the, will American players fly over there. Will they let them fly over there? That's going to be an interesting interesting one as well. This week's uh, tournament, the Australian or the Austrian Open, I should say, has a a list of um, I don't know what the best way to, their their category. I guess their categories to 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 play, but they are some very they've gone very deep down the rabbit hole to try and fill this field. I mean, there's names out here that uh, that I'm I don't know about you, but I've never really seen some of these guys, and <laughs> you know, guys who missed the cut in the qualifying school. Get in. I There's love a category that. And they that, get example, in. Which I couldn't believe that one. I yeah, love it. And they get in. Yeah, I mean, I, I recognized I recognized um, uh, Thomas Peters, I think, is playing. I mean, there's about four guys in here. And I'm just trying to call it up here. I had it, but my computer, of course, isn't doing too well. But um, it's, it's a little bit... Uh, it's obviously not the first one that a lot of guys are going to go. These two were sort of added on after they had that first six events they were going to play in the U.K., yeah, and once they uh, once they got those ones going, then um, they were gonna they were gonna kind of go after that. But um, th- these two got kind of added to it, and good good for them. I'm happy to uh, I'm happy that they've got a, a place to play. Okay, here we go. Nicholas Colsarts, I've heard of him. Eust Loughton, Eust Loughton, I've heard of him. Mm-hmm. Miguel Angel Jimenez, I've heard of him. And then after that, it's like, uh, man, here's uh, <laughs> I mean, let me let me. I, this is you got. I know we're taking the top time for other stuff, but. Uh, category 18, 116 to 132 from the final 2019 race to Dubai rankings, plus 16 to 30 from the final challenge tour rankings. <laughs> the, uh, oh, oh <laughs> man. Here it is here. Category 22, made the cut at qualifying school, but finished below 28th position. That's a category, believe it or not. So players who made the 72-hole cut, but finished below 28th and tied for the 2019 European Tour qualifying school. I mean, it goes it goes pretty deep oh. down here. So uh, they're they're filling this thing. It's not going to be the probably the best golf you've ever seen. But listen, give them credit for for getting one going. Well, I didn't want to tell you, Bob, because I know you got other things on your plate. But they invited us, and I said no. I said we're too busy <laughs> to play. So, 
Oh, man. Okay, on the other side, we're going to switch gears. We're going to hear from Bryson DeChambeau because a, a, a lot of chatter about Bryson and a lot of it for not what he did with 196-mile-per-hour ball speed and uh, demolishing uh, Detroit Golf Club. A lot of it for what he said about media's responsibility, CBS responsibility with the cameraman, and about protecting the brand. And I think he is out to lunch on this one, Bob. We're going to jump into it next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was brought to you by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by TaylorMade and the all-new Sim and Sim Max drivers. Shape in motion. We reshape the drivers so you can reshape your game. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to order yours today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada, a Tuesday edition, Zucchino Week. Scully will be by later on in hour two to do a little stardom sit-em for the Workday charity event, which is uh, first of two events happening at Murfield Village as the John Deere Classic was cancelled and replaced with back-to-back weeks in Dublin, Ohio, but... Uh, Lots happening this weekend in Detroit. Um, I just got home. It was a great event. Um, you know, the, the golf course, I feel bad that they destroyed the golf course the way they did, but that seems to be happening every week now on the PGA Tour of crazy low scores because it, it is a fun old Donald Ross golf course. But unfortunately, some of the comments from Bryson DeChambeau off the golf course and in during play, really, with the cameraman, uh, for CBS, uh, took a bit of the spotlight away uh, f- for quite a bit of time. And now in post as well, as he's doubled down on some of his comments. Before Bob and I get into this, uh, let's hear that audio now from Bryson DeChambeau. It's a statement that I've, I've talked about, actually just haven't vocalized it to anybody in the media for a long time. Um, but my coach, Mike Shy talked about it. Be the house. You just got to be the house. Try and figure out all these little advantages you can get and then just, you know, make, make the odds in your favor, I guess you could say. And so I've said it since I was 15, but never really vocalized it until now, until I had this pretty big advantage with the driver, um, you know, and I'm glad it came to fruition. I did not know if I was going to win today. I had no idea. And I would have been okay either way. I would have still been going on and grinding and working as hard as I possibly can. But it is definitely uh, uh, validating and, and it's exciting to be able to win um, having a whole different body. So it's, uh, it's a tremendous honor and, and I appreciate everybody that, um, you know, was watching and supporting me out there. I think I'm maintaining where I'm at pretty well, even through these four weeks. This week was my highest ball speed week, so that's pretty cool to see. Uh, tomorrow I'm going to Denver to work with Greg Roscoff again. Um, I'm going to be working also with NeuroPeak, um, doing some brain training stuff to see, see how much stronger I can get uh, before I come back to, to Memorial. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm going. I'm full sailing, going as far, hard as I can to get as strong and big as I can. All right, so those are Bryson's comments about his performance on the golf course. He's going to take a week off and then and then return at the Memorial. And there's no doubt what he's doing on the golf course and what he's done physic, from a physicality standpoint, et cetera, is impressive. 
But I was referring more to his audio from off the golf course, Bob. And just a recap for our listeners in case they don't know what we're about to get into. Um, he, he had a bit of a run-in with a camera person after uh, a, a difficult time in a greenside bunker on Friday. On Saturday, uh, uh, sorry, at the moment, he got in the camera person's face and basically suggested to them, why do you have the camera on me so long? Why do you have to be fixated on this current situation? Uh, this isn't good for our sport. It's not good for the brand. He then doubled down on that in the press conference after the fact and suggested that cameras don't need to be in players' faces all the time, mics don't need to be in uh, players' faces all the time, that the media and the broadcaster has a responsibility to protect the player's reputation and brand and the tour's reputation and, and brand. And then a couple days later, yesterday on Brad Faxon's Sirius XM show, he doubled down again. Bob, what was your reaction when you heard it? I went, are you kidding me? This guy is out to lunch was my reaction. Yeah, there's only one person who's in charge of, of looking after your brand, <laughs> Bryson. And if you don't know who that is, then look in the mirror. I mean, that's just absolutely an outlandish statement to say that the uh, the press and the media should be there to kind of help you out and, and we should all be holding hands and singing around the circle together or something. You know, it's it's ridiculous. You can't, you can't ask that. And I think the guys who are uh, well-regarded, uh, classy guys on the tour, they get that, and they know. So so you look at guys like Adam Scott, or you look at even Tiger, Mike Weir. I mean, they don't they don't throw clubs once in a while. Maybe they show a little bit of anger, but that's allowed, and they don't worry about it if they do because they know that the fans realize it's a natural response. Um, hey, Rory, Rory McIlroy threw a club into the, into the water at Doral <laughs> yeah. one time, but we, we, we forgive him for that. We realize it's all normal. But when you make a statement like that, you clearly don't – you clearly don't get it. I mean, that's that's the bottom line to me is you have no understanding of how the things are supposed to work around here, and uh, these people aren't your aren't your personal attachments. And I know you hired a cameraman to walk around for that 15 minute video that he put up on um, on Instagram during the COVID break, where he was working out and looking at a new house and all this kind of weird stuff. I mean, it just I I just think he has a weird view of reality. Completely, Bob. And, and you hit on a point there, too. You know, you can't use the media and use your voice and use all these different platforms to build a persona, to build a public personality in which you're going to become a multi, multi millionaire off of, which you have already become a multi, multi, multi millionaire off of. And then suggest when I'm playing golf inside the ropes on an international broadcast, you need to protect me. This needs to be filtered. I'm not responsible for what I say and what I do. Sometimes we're emotional. Yeah, sometimes you're emotional. Own it then if sometimes you're emotional. Absolutely ludicrous. Tiger would have rolled his eyes. Tiger has lived under a microscope for 20 years. Right? Uh, you're 100% right. You're, you're, you're in charge of your own brand. Um, I find so much of this at so many levels so confusing. But then again, he's a strange guy. He's a different cat. And maybe that's part of this too. Maybe is he just certainly sees the world through a different lens. And maybe is, is it fair to say that maybe this is just another different lens that he looks through completely different than everyone else? Well, I mean, he's got to have agents. He's got to have people who work with him. They've got to straighten him out, and they should have straightened him out long before this. They should have figured it out for him. Of course, I don't know. It's 
it's a yeah he does see the world in a different way we know that by listening to him and watching him spray water on his golf balls and doing all those things he's a, he's a different cat for sure but um listen someone's got to have a talk Bob, is, is the worst part about this for you because you've seen this for years and you and I have both been said you and I have both been sitting in pressers together where Rory was apologizing for something he said the week before because he's so transparent is the worst part about this what happened after the fact that we give him the free pass in a way even though it was bad form and uncouth to do what he did to the camera person in the heat of battle do we almost give him the pass on that and to me and I'm wondering like I'm asking you is the worst part about this that he had time to speak to agents he had time to internalize everything that happened and he's doubled down multiple times since. So he's put in the thought process, and he truly believes this. Yeah, I mean, he, as you said, he was on the radio. He, he called it. He said, "Oh, it's a nothing burger." I'm trying to refer to it as being, "Oh, don't worry about this, nothing much." But it is something. It's it's obviously a key part of who he is now. And now people have a perspective of him that they could have changed. Like you said, you you give Rory if, if Rory apologizes and means it, then I like he did with uh, when he said the European Tour players should have been over there. Um, playing in the PGA Tour, yeah, that's that's okay. He's understood. He's made a mistake. Bryson doesn't seem to understand that. Um, now the betting favorite at three majors this year, which is basically all we're going to have because, of course, the Open Championship for the men was canceled. So we start with the PGA. The following month, we're at Wingfoot for the U.S. Open. And then, of course, in November, the Pumpkin Spice Masters, as I'm referring uh, to it. Bring out your orange and browns, everybody. Um, that will happen in November. He is the betting favorite across the board at all three. We have yet to see this style of play, uh, play a golf course where you are punished for missing the fairway. And unfortunately, in the world we live in now, you only get to see that two or three times a year at best. And really the only one that leaps out typically on an annual basis, except for when we land the plane in a fairway at Aaron Hills every eight years or so. Um, the U.S. Open, the setup at Wingfoot could be very penal for players who do not find the short grass. Are we premature, Bob? Or And I say we, but the betting, uh, the bookmakers, the golf community, is it premature pointing to him as the favorite? Uh, well, if you, I think if you're looking at the betting odds right now, you would say, sure, the way you guys played, he's played really well. He's, you know, three top tens and a win. I would think he's probably playing better golf than anybody right now. So if you were laying down a bet today, yeah, sure. I think you would make him the favorite. I don't know that that'll be necessarily be who's the favorite when the gun goes off for the first or second or third major. Uh, I think it's going to be really interesting to see what happens between a, between now and then see where he is and also see how some of these other players don't forget, uh, Webb Simpson, one two weeks ago hitting at 285 yards so i mean there's there's lots of ways to get the ball in the hole and certainly bryson has figured some things out but his wedge play is pretty horrific let's not forget about that either so there's there's still he's not bulletproof by any means but he is playing some very very good golf but i think you're right let's ramp these courses up a little bit turn things up a notch and see how he performs on those yeah, 100%. And maybe against as well, as you pointed out, some, some better fields as well. That Detroit was certainly, although a good field, certainly the weakest of the first four uh, that we have seen. Okay, on the other side, Bob and I, we're going to switch a little gears. Uh, why not get up to Muskoka right now? The mm. weather is perfect. Get out of the city. Uh, a little R&R, a little golf, Muskoka Bay Club. We're going to jump in with General Manager Bruce Rogerson on the other side and find out 
What's happening in the Muskoka Bay Club? This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by TaylorMade and the all-new Sim and Sim Max drivers. Shape in motion. We reshape the driver so you can reshape your game. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to order yours today. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories, including DigiFit Floor Liner, the most advanced concept in floor protection today. Visit WeatherTech.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to a Tuesday edition of Golf Talk Canada. We're going to switch a little gears now. And the reason being we're switching gears is, you know, there have been some real silver lining stories in uh, this COVID-19 environment. And one of them is truly golf. And, and what I mean by golf is not just professional golf coming back, which, you know, we're always on top of here at Golf Talk Canada, but golf from a participation level, whether it's public courses, private clubs, families are out, junior programs are up, ladies are out more than ever before. And Bob wrote an article a couple of weeks ago about how domestic travel within the golf community is expected to be up this year in Canada, with most Canadians not going to travel outside the country in 2020. So I thought it'd be a good time to call our good friend Bruce Rogerson, who's the general manager golf director at the Muskoka Bay Resort, uh, our, our good friend, supporter of our show, been with us for many years. And one of my favorite places uh, really to play golf, uh, and you can put a period on that and the story, what a special spot. But we uh, wondering what was going up in Muskoka this time of year. We had yet to chime in. Now's that time. Bruce, how are you, sir? Thanks so much for taking the time to join Bob and I. And before we even get into to this here, um, has it been such a successful spring and summer for, for you as well? Are, are you seeing the participation levels of your membership, your play? Is it up across the board like most of the golf community has been up so far this year? Yeah. Hey, Mark and, and Bob, great to, great to speak with both of you today. Um, yeah, we're, we're definitely seeing some uh, increase in play uh, right across the board. Uh, not maybe so much from our membership. It's, it would be, I would say, more status quo. Uh, obviously, a little tough gaining members uh, with the state of uh, with, with COVID going on right now in the golf world. But certainly from a play perspective, our, our member, uh, sorry, our guest play is up about 25% to date for, for this past June, which is, like you say, it's a silver lining, and we're, we're pretty delighted at that. Uh, you know, obviously this weather run that we're on right now is, uh, is special as well. It's been phenomenal. Like we're, we're entering into, I think, the third straight week now with, uh, you know, 28 to 30-degree temps, and that's helping with business as well. So golf course is in mint condition, which is also a, a beautiful thing. We had a pretty tough uh, stretch last spring. Uh, so we're, 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 we're elated. Uh, our superintendent, Chris Goodman's doing a super job as always. And, uh, it's just, it's, it's fun right now. We're, we're very busy. Bruce, what's, what's the Muskoka Bay experience like right now when, when people come up to play there? I mean, obviously we all know that we're, we're in a little bit more of a restrictive, uh, era than normally are, but what's the experience like? 
Yeah, I don't think it's really changed a great deal, to be honest with you. Obviously, we're following all the protocols that are around COVID. Um, you know, so it looks a little bit different with the signage that's around the property and uh, just the experience when you arrive on property. Our, our staff is diligent on, you know, ensuring that you're not here prior more than 30 minutes so that we can control the flow from when you arrive uh to uh, when you actually tee off, uh, you know, recently getting our, our terrace and patio and pool services going within a couple of weeks now, that's really helped to get our food and beverage programs back on, on, on uh, up to speed. Uh, we're anxiously awaiting the ability to get our restaurants back operational as well, because that's certainly, uh, I think our members are really looking forward to that. But, you know, we're, you know, everybody is in a, a really good frame of mind. Uh, I think, you know, people's uh, pent up, uh, need to get outside and experience uh, obviously Muskoka at its finest is uh, it, it's a great thing right now so we're we're seeing uh, ample ample golf being played uh, Bruce I, I saw something that uh, seemed really aggressive uh, stay and play packages starting at two hundred and seventy dollars per person um, is that an area of focus uh, right now for the club stay and play as you start to open and uh, what type of incentives or programs you're running right now for people who are saying hey you know what I got to get out of the city let's go to, let's go to Muskoka Bay yeah we, we've always been uh, partnered up with uh, Underpar and we always run a couple of sale campaigns uh, annually with them uh, we're actually just launching uh, today, as a matter of fact, uh, an internal uh, deal uh, midweek from Mondays to Thursdays. Uh, for 265, you get a uh, a night stay in one of our one of our villas, and you get one round of golf with a $20 uh, breakfast voucher. So it's a pretty aggressive uh, play to try to fill some seats midweek, uh, which is always a bit of a soft spot for us that Monday to Thursday uh, in-house. So that uh, I think we'll see some really good uh, numbers there. Uh, obviously, Friday, Saturday, Sundays are never a problem. We're we're pretty much uh, 90, 95 percent occupancy right through the summer uh, for that time frame. Um, we've got our hotel uh, ready to launch uh, the second week of August, so we're all very, very excited, uh, ramping up for that to to launch. And once that once that comes on uh, online, we'll have another additional 65 rooms to uh, put into our stand play programs. So we, we you know, genuinely think that that's really going to help to uh, elevate the brand and uh, also offer much more opportunity for people to be on property here through through the summer as well. So pretty exciting times for, for us here. Bruce, I know a lot of, uh, a lot of our listeners have, have experienced Muskoka Bay and been up there, but I'm sure there's a few who don't really know about the golf course per se. Give, give you your description. To somebody who's never seen Muskoka Bay Club, what, how would you describe it to them? Yeah, you know, it's a special piece of property. You know, Doug Carrick, when he came in here back in 2005 and looked at the site, uh, it really is a, it's a beautiful combination of uh, natural granite outcroppings uh, throughout the property. Uh, you know, largely treed uh, fairways. Uh, you, you feel like you're on your own independent golf hole pretty much everywhere on the property. Um, you know, great, uh, great green settings with lots of uh, challenges. Chris keeps them at a at a pretty quick pace, so it it challenges not only the uh, the exceptional golfer, but it you know, depending on the tee decks that you choose, it, it gives you a great variety out there as well. So, it's just a wonderful piece of property that uh, I think it you know when when you leave here, it, it, it does take your breath away for sure. 
just a couple quick things, Bruce, before we let you go. Uh, yeah, I agree with you for one. I love being uh, playing there because every hole feels like you're on your own hole and, is, and you have that kind of intimacy. The course is always in perfect condition. Just wanted to clarify the hotel. Was that the construction to the to the west or, or I should say to the left of the 18th fairway? Is, is that the hotel that, that's opening? That's correct. Yeah, so we're uh, we're launching that uh, August 14th. We're starting to take reservations for the hotel, and again, it's going to be a game changer for us. Uh, you know, we're looking at yeah, like I say, an additional 62 to 65 people on property at any given time. So uh, we we really expect great things from uh, from the launch. Well, that's awesome, Bruce. I saw the construction as it was going. It looks spectacular. So you've got villa options, two, three, four-bedroom options, new hotel going in, uh, access to the clubhouse where the food is fantastic, maybe the nicest pool in Muskoka. Love the infinity pool in Muskoka Bay. It's hard to uh, get away from the infinity pool to the first tee. Uh, but it is worth it if you can pull yourself away yeah, and play it, that great. It course. really is special, you know. Looking out, uh, you know, you, you get a grand view of uh, number one, looking out over the cliff, and uh, you got a nice fire pit uh, right adjacent to our uh, to our infinity pool as well. So it's, it, like I say, it's a it's a beautiful place. We're we're very lucky. MuskokaBayResort.com, MuskokaBayResort.com. Bruce, we're going to come up and see you. Me, uh, Bob, and Adam, we're going to get up there at some point this summer and and come uh, come see you and play golf. Love a game, gentlemen. Always a great uh, great time talking with you both. Thanks very much. Thanks so much. Bruce Rogerson, Muskoka Bay Club. Check it out. If you're thinking of getting away, here's the other great thing about Muskoka Bay. If you don't have time for the overnight, it's only two hours door to door. It's at the bottom end of Muskoka. It's in Gravenhurst. It's not a four-hour drive. It's a two-hour drive. You can go up for the day and just play golf and turn around and come home as well, which is always a benefit of the Muskoka Bay Club. Okay. On the other side, Bob and I, a little housekeeping, and uh, got a few questions for Bob, uh, just some yes-nos that he doesn't know are coming, But so we're going to throw them on the spot. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories, including DigiFit Floor Liner, the most advanced concept in floor protection today. Visit WeatherTech.ca. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. Ready to trade the snow shovel for a 7-iron? Visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com to plan your golf vacation getaway today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zucchino and Bob Weeks. Just a reminder... This is our last Tuesday edition of Golf Talk Canada. Thursday will be our last weekday edition of Golf Talk Canada. Of course, we do not leave our Saturday morning national time slot, 8 to 10 a.m. Every Saturday across the TSN radio network. Uh, if you're listening to us on the mobile app, uh, not too sure what time terrestrial uh, signal might be in your area, but check it out. You can always listen to us on uh, iHeartRadio online, etc. But we not going anywhere Saturdays. Our video podcast drops tomorrow afternoon on tsn.ca, the Golf Talk Canada video podcast. And next week will be our final Golf Talk Canada video podcast. And the reason it will be our final video podcast is because 
Golf Talk Canada TV returns Saturday, August the 1st. You say, what? Saturday TV? Yes. Golf Talk Canada Radio every Saturday morning for two hours will simulcast live on TSN2 so you can watch Golf Talk Canada Talk TV. And every weekday, uh, every Wednesday starting that week, we will kick off our regular TV schedule with a 60-minute preview of the year's first major, the PGA Championship from TPC Harding Park. Looking forward to getting back to Golf Talk Canada TV. Okay, Bob, just uh, a few things here that we didn't really have time to, to touch on that I wanted to touch on with. Uh, Vic, uh, Matthew Wolf had a big lead coming into Sunday. Now, we say big lead. We've seen Dustin Johnson blow six-shot leads before on the PGA Tour, okay? So, you know, three-shot leads aren't massive leads. But he had a three-shot lead heading into Sunday, a brilliant performance on Saturday. Is he a winner coming out of Sunday because he's back in form and had a chance to win? Or is he got scar tissue and it's going to take a while for him to come back from not closing the deal? Uh, wow, that's a good one. I would say short-term scar tissue like this week. But he's young enough. No, I'm going to say no scar tissue. You know, these kids, they don't, they don't really, it rolls off them, I think, most cases. And I think that He's enough guy. Listening to him chat over the the last year, I've only interviewed him once, maybe maybe twice, or been in press conferences with him. He seems like a pretty bright guy. Like I think he sort of understands um, the big world in terms of golf, and and I think he's been around enough in terms of uh, of a year on the tour to realize how hard it is to win out there, and even a three shot lead can evaporate very quickly. I think he's sad. I think he's um, perhaps upset that he missed an opportunity. Um, but I think he takes a step back and realizes, okay, finally, uh, this, I mean, that's only his second top 10. The first one was his win at 3M. So it's uh, it's been a long time coming to get him, see him at least back up near the top where he had a chance to qualify for uh, or to compete for a win. And to think about that, Bob, that win was a year ago at Minnesota. So uh, between his win and his next top 10, 12 months, that uh, that is a, a crazy stat if you think about it. Okay, a few weeks back. We had a, a, a what we thought was a leaking announcement that the PGA, not the PGA Championship, excuse me, the Ryder Cup at Whistling Straits would be postponed to 2021. Uh, several uh, out, uh, news outlets kind of reconfirmed that. Nick Faldo last week let it slip, or did he let it slip, saying, well, the Ryder Cup's been canceled. Uh, th- that's the term he used. Will we have a Ryder Cup in 2020? Or will it be postponed to 2021? Uh, if you'd asked me this a week ago, I would have said no Ryder Cup. But if you're asking me now and the fact that all these things were supposed to have happened already haven't gone, the longer it goes, I'm almost inclined to say it might it might last. Or they're trying to find a way. They're going to wait till the 11th hour if they do make a call on this. But um, there's no infrastructure being set up at Whistling Straits right now, which I guess you don't really need a ton of if you're, if you're not having any fans there. So if it does go, it'll go without fans. And if it does go without fans, I think it'll be a disappointment. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, this is all down to money right now. If they're, think, you know, if they're thinking of trying to save this in some capacity and you know, the, the process is being delayed because, because of that, that's basically what this is. It's not for the, the quality of the event. It's not because no. you know, if there's one event 
I look at it this way. There's maybe three places in the world, in my mind, that, that, that almost need spectators in a way. Or maybe four, you could say. And one of them's for sure. Ryder Cup, without spectators, forget it. Back nine Sunday at the Masters, without spectators, it would feel bizarre. 17th hole Island Green, without spectators, would feel bizarre. And the Coliseum hole at Scottsdale, without spectators, would be insane. Other than that... You know, I'm not saying it's not better, Bob, without the fans, but to me, those environments without the people, am I missing one? Is there anything else that comes to mind? Maybe President's Cup as well, but is, is there anything I'm missing? I don't think so. I think I think those are all the ones. I mean, I will say you mentioned President's Cup in there, and one thing that may be complicating this is, you know, the, the Ryder Cup got moved one time, and that was at 9-11. They pushed it back a year, and they just told the President's Cup, okay, you take another step back, and you wait a year, too. Maybe the President's Cup isn't so uh, so eager to move back. The President's Cup is run by the PGA Tour, and the uh, the Ryder Cup's run by the European Tour and the PGA of America. So, um, you know, back in those days, the President's Cup was not as big a thing as it is now. It's kind of gained some steam over the last few years. So you wonder if there's some uh, negotiating going on behind the scenes saying, hey, look, we don't want to move. We've already got our say. We've got a lot of stuff going on for 2021 in the President's Cup, which is going to be a quail hollow. So... Uh, you know, you guys can move two years or you can go right now without any fans. Ooh, that'd be a big pushback by the tour, Bob, if, if that's the language that's being used, especially considered, considering it was the PGA of America that played ball in order for the PGA Tour to have the schedule they wanted. They needed to move that PGA Championship from August to May or this uh, FedEx Cup season ending in August before the NFL comes back. Never happens. So be curious if, if that's the way this is going. We don't know. Obviously, we're speculating. But what we do know is this. There hasn't been a formal announcement. So that means conversations are being had. And there are still issues or hurdles to cross before something can be done one way or another. Or we would have heard something official by now. And we haven't. So we'll have to keep our eye on that one. Uh, finally, Bob, before we uh, throw the break, and on the other side, we're going to hear from Will Gray. He's going to join us from Golf Channel. Of course, Will was front and center for the Bryson DeChambeau comments this week at the Detroit Golf Club. Uh, interested in getting Will's take uh, and what his initial reaction or his initial thought was when he heard Bryson uh, kind of double down on, on some of the things he said. Uh, regarding the responsibility of the media, protecting brands, etc. Bob, um, we talked a little bit about this on the video podcast. Just wanted to get your take. Murfield Village, we're going to see it two weeks in a row. We're going to get it shorter this week, softer greens, slower greens. And then we're going to go longer, harder, faster for the second week. Anything off the top of your head within the realm of possibility that they might have been able to do that maybe they're missing the boat here to, to, to change it up a little bit more? Because here's the interesting thing. After Memorial, after week two, they're blowing up the golf course. They are blowing up the entire golf course for a major renovation after the memorial's done. So on that Saturday, Sunday at Memorial, they, you know, they could fry that place out. They could have those greens running at 13, 14, no water, concrete, and create a real crazy weekend for the players at, at, at Murfield Village. But on the front end of, end of that, trying to go the other way, what could you do at workday? Uh, you know, I think I, I, I think the... The fact that they might have slower greens means you can probably add some interesting pin placements. But if you really wanted to get, 
creative with things. You know, maybe you flip the nines or maybe you uh, uh, maybe you make it really all short one day and then really all long another day. I mean, they won't do anything too crazy because it's still a PGA Tour event and they still want to have it be legitimate. But but I would I would have thought out of the box. I mean, if you've ever got an opportunity to do it, it's right now. Uh, maybe maybe tell the guys, okay, no drivers. <laughs> You gotta hit just three woods, <laughs> or or something like that. Something crazy that would make them uh, make them have a little bit more of a skill set or something. I know it gets a little goofy, and you don't want to mix it up too much. But man, if they if they bought into it, it would have been fun to do something like that. Okay, uh, I'm gonna ask Will this on the other side. I want to know from you, and we'll ask Adam when he joins us later on in the show. But I think there's going to be a seven shot difference between the winner at the workday and the winner at the memorial. I think you're going to see like a 20 under par winner, uh, maybe a 19-20 this week at the workday. And then the memorial, I think you're going to see like a 12-13 winner, like a seven-shot gap. In your mind, what's the difference between the first week and second week? I'm going to go 12 and 18 will be the Ooh, two. So you're, we're close. We're close. We're thinking yeah. along the same lines. We'll ask Will Gray. On the other side, Will Gray. So, uh, one of the senior writers for Golf Channel. I saw him last week in Detroit. I didn't get a chance to talk to him much. I just we just said hello every day. I was under that living under that headset in the hundred degree heat in Detroit. So it'll be good to catch up with Will and get his take on the week that was in Detroit, as well as a few other items in the world of golf. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. Ready to trade the snow shovel for a 7-iron? Visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com to plan your golf vacation getaway today. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. Stay tuned for 60 more minutes of GTC. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Woodington Lake Golf Club, proud home of the Mackenzie Tour PGA Tour Canada's Ontario Open. For membership information or to book tee times and special events, visit WoodingtonLake.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zucchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada, our final Tuesday GTC, Zakino with Weeks, and Adam Scully going to be coming on board shortly with us for some stardom, sit'em, and some winners, winner weird and what. We're just waiting to connect with Will Gray from Golf Channel, who is in Detroit this week at the Rocket Mortgage Classic. You know, Bob, uh, in the previous segment, we, we were talking about how um, that was Matthew Wolf's first top 10 in a year since he won back in Minnesota. Do you know Danny Willett? I was just following Will Gray. I follow Will, obviously, on Twitter. And Will tweeted out that Danny Willett's uh, T4 finish in Detroit was his best result on tour since he won the Masters in 16. That's insane. You think Matt, Matt Wolf's been waiting a while for a good, st- yeah. good finish? Come on. He, unbelievable. I mean, Danny Willett really lost everything and uh, in a lot of ways struggled uh, to try and find a swing, ended up meeting up with Sean Foley, who's been his teacher now for I think about a year, maybe a year and a half, and he's put him back on the right track for sure. He's certainly putting in some good performances. I know that's the best performance. He's had a couple other good 
I think top 20s and things like that. So at least he's heading in the right direction. He was really lost there for a little while, maybe, uh, you know, the six months and on after he won the Masters. And I guess it's easy to do. You sort of spend time wearing that green jacket and trying to swing in it and <laughs> maybe enjoying yourself a little bit too much. But uh, nice to see because he's a nice he's a nice guy. It is a game you rent, you never own. Okay, I understand he is with us now. Staff writer from Golf Channel. You can follow him on Twitter, at WillGrayGC. That is at WillGrayGC. Joining us now, Will Gray. Will, first off, it was great to see you uh, this week in Detroit. A little bit of normal back. I know we didn't get the chance to really catch up or anything. I'm under the headset. Uh, you're chasing stories, but good to see you. Uh, thanks for joining us. Let's start with the cup half full, Will. Let, let's talk about the Bryson between the ropes, the Bryson with the 196 mile per hour ball speed, first in strokes gained putting, first in strokes gained off the tee. What do you take from this performance? Uh, it was, and is this the first time you've had a chance to see it with your own eyes since the full transformation? Yeah, Mark, good to, good to be with you. Good to see you uh, last week. We're, this is the new normal where we're waving from behind masks and, and you've got your headsets on and we're trying to get each other's attention while, while sticking to the golf. But it was good to see you. Uh, yes, this was my first time seeing uh, the new look Bryson up close and personal. And, I mean, he's, he's a walking cheat code at this point. I mean, the stats are absolutely staggering. And, and I think the thing I go back to is I've talked a couple times I think I tweeted this over the weekend. I, I've talked talk to Tony Finau about it, and he can probably hit it 360 if he wants to. But he says, I never hit a driver more than 80% because I don't have to. And also because that extra 20%, I have no idea where it's going to go. And so we can look at, at how far Bryson is hitting it, but it's the fact that he has honed his swing to where it is repeatedly straight. It's not just 360. It's 360, and he's dropping it in the middle of the fairway, as he did on the 72nd hole in Detroit. I mean, that's the part – that really makes this frightening for the rest of the PGA Tour in terms of what he's going to be able to do in the next coming month. Uh, well, frightening, yeah, that's right. It's a good word for the rest of the PGA Tour. I wonder if the tour, other tour players, maybe not even the veteran guys, but younger guys, Corn Ferry guys, NCAA guys, are they all watching this and saying, this is where I have to go to be competitive now? Uh, I don't know if we're quite there yet. It's interesting. He, Bryson had a, an interesting quote Sunday in his, press conference where he said he thinks it's going to be a generation before you see a lot of guys trying to do what he is doing and you know that might be a little, a little brash we're four weeks into things i don't know that he's entirely reinvented the game but clearly he's, he's changing the mold and i think you go back to what we saw when tiger first burst onto the scene back when a 310 yard drive got our attention right and and it's not the guys that he was playing against. It was the kids that were 15 years old and in high school that then they changed how they were training and how they were swinging and how they were going after the ball. Then maybe now that's the case. Maybe there's you know a 15-year-old right now that is taking another an extra protein shake to bed at night, and, and he's going to be on the floor <laughs> 10 or 12 years from now, and that's the guy that, that you might see more of that. I think that right now, how many cautionary tales do we see? How many guys like Luke Donald who chased five extra yards and they go from world number one to an also-ran in, in a matter of months. It's, it's a very real risk for guys who are already established and have a swing that they have honed for 10, 15, 20 years to all of a sudden break it down and try and recreate it like Bryson has. Yeah, I, to me, you're bang on, Will. This is something we don't see. We've seen failed attempts, and this is the attempt at the, you know, turned up to 11. We've never seen an attempt this dramatic to change the you know the body style the body shape the approach to the game although he does look at this game through a very different lens and that kind of leads me to my next question with you with the cup half 
empty side of this with what transpired uh, on camera, uh, on the golf course, and then the remarks after the fact of protecting brand, uh, about protecting the game's image, uh, yada, yada, yada. I was actually shocked, and I like Bryson, and I know he's a different cat, and, and I like the fact that he's different because it gives guys like us something to talk about instead of being cookie cutter. But when it came to this, I thought completely offside, you're responsible for your own brand. You're responsible for your behavior. How did you take it? What was your initial reaction? Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. I think that ultimately those are comments that he'd want to mulligan on, that he would like to, to reshape that. But that's what he said and, and addressing the questions and the incident with the cameraman where he felt it wasn't that there was a click in his backswing or the guy was getting up too close to him. He just took offense to the guy following him as he you know, exited the bunker after slashing the sand and went up to mark his ball. And I think that that definitely, you know, it fell on deaf ears, this notion that a guy who released a 15-minute hype video for himself on Instagram <laughs> to show his body transformation then all of a sudden plays the privacy card as soon as he's shown in a moderately unflattering light. And, and you know, I, I, would often, I would think that if you ask Tiger Woods, hey, how many times do you wish the camera didn't follow you every step of the way? He would have only about 6,000 answers to give you. You know, listen, Bryson was, even before the victory, he was the talking point. He was the storyline of the PGA Tour since its return. He was one of the headliners in the event, and he was playing well. On Saturday, he's near the lead. So I think there needs to be an expectation that you're going to have a camera following you from the moment you get out of your car to the moment you sign your scorecard on 18. And I think that a lot of PGA Tour pros kind of understand that and take on that responsibility. So, yeah, I definitely think that there was uh, some deserved backlash to the, to the notion of, you know, you can't damage my brand and that there needs to be this deferential treatment as soon as anyone in the media or any cameraman sees that a player might potentially come off in an unflattering light. <laughs> well, you're, you've talked to a lot of the guys out there. I know I've been on the phone with a number of them over the last couple of weeks talking about Bryson. In fact, I had a conversation with somebody last night who said, is the first question going to be about Bryson? And what what do you get? What's your sense that the other players are getting about all of Bryson? The long drive, the comments, the whole deal, the the muscle building, the videos. What what do you what do you what's your sense of of what they're all thinking about Bryson right now? Yeah, I think it's kind of an ebb and flow thing. When he came out on tour, you know, 2016, he's this brash, you know, amateur winner, and and he's trying to already reinvent the game. It's it's amazing. We've forgotten this whole side saddle putting era that he had briefly. Like he has done some crazy stuff. And he's done it yes. crazy the entire way. So I think that, you know, it was kind of like the, the high school cafeteria model where he was sitting off on his own and everyone's going to kind of let him go. And I think it, it was a turning point a couple years ago when he started playing practice rounds with Tiger. And then all of a sudden guys looked around and they said, all right, well, Tiger can play nine holes with him on Tuesday. Maybe he's not that bad of a guy. Maybe I can have lunch with him on Thursday or Friday in the locker room. And he has kind of gotten a little bit more of an acceptance among the ranks on the PGA Tour. And now he's going out and – you know, turning into the Incredible Hulk. And I think the guys are, are kind of taken aback, not only on the fact that he called his shot. I mean, he said in October, oh, I'm going to go out, I'm going to gain 40 pounds of muscle, and I'm going to hit it out, out of the, the moon. And he's gone and done it, and he has the results to back it up. So I know Kevin Kisner speaking to him on Sunday after he finished third. He's frankly saying, you know, the guy is changing the game, and he's doing it on the fly. And I think that there's going to be a period of adjustment for some other pros to kind of figure out, listen, I need to do everything better. If I'm giving up 30, 40 yards to this guy on every turn, I need to be better with irons. I need to be better with the putter. Every every other facet of the game has to be on. So we'll see if, if he's able to sustain the success. I think it's going to be very interesting to see what he does in the majors 
given he's now a, a betting favorite for all three majors, but has never finished better than 15th in a major. Uh, so that's going to be kind of the next, the next level that he's going to try and reach. But for right now, I think he's got the rest of the PGA Tour back on their heels. We're with Will Gray. Will Gray, of course, staff writer for Golf Channel. Will, your first time out on the tour, my first time out on the tour since the reboot. Did, did you feel safe in the bubble? What were, your, uh, what, were, what were your feelings about working in that environment for four days? Yeah, I felt safe personally. I definitely think that it's uh, – maybe you can agree with this, Mark. I felt it was weirder being in person at an event without fans than it was watching on TV without fans. I, I'm watching the first couple of weeks. And, yeah, it's different, but it's not entirely different. But when you're out there on Saturday and Sunday and you're seeing, you know, some of the best players in the world shoot 64, 65, race up the leaderboard, and there's only the ice cream truck making noise going around the seventh <laughs> hole at DGC, I mean, it was, it was absolutely a little bit surreal. But in terms of, you know, the nuts and bolts of it and the precautions the PGA Tour is taking, I certainly felt safe. They took care of us uh, with media, with social distancing. Everyone's wearing masks. We were able to figure it out. So on that front, uh, I had no issues. Well, if you were to, if you were to lay down a bet right now, when do you think you'll see a tournament with fans? Uh, I don't foresee fans coming back until after the tour championship. I feel like the, with the domino falling this week of the memorial not doing it, that then at, at first that seemed like all right, that might be our test run, and we'll see how it goes. But now, you know, you know, you're not going to have fans at least through the PGA probably. Uh, and at that point, you're at the playoff events, and you already have smaller fields and, and you know, some cities. You go into TPC Boston, and that's a potential hot spot. And Chicago has different jurisdictions with the, the governor of Illinois. So I, I really feel like the, the tour is going to soon uh, potentially step out and say, listen, we, we hope to do it. We're not able to. The, the situation continues to change. So I think that we're looking best case maybe at one of the fall series events, but really – uh, more likely, it might be into 2021 before we see fans back along the ropes. Well, I'm with you. I felt it was, uh, just to follow back up on uh, your, your statement there, I felt it was more weird in person than it was on TV. In fact, on Friday, it was with Webb Simpson when he holed it from the bunker on 16, and I'm doing my call, and the entire group starts staring at me because I'm the only person out there talking. It was the most <laughs> bizarre experience. Okay, <laughs> a couple of quick ones, Will, just quick ones before we let you go. Um, Bob and I have, I've got seven shots. Bob has six shots between the winner of the workday and the winner of the memorial. We think uh, the workday will be seven shots better or six shots better. What do you think the gap is? And finally, do we have a Ryder Cup this year? Yes or no? Uh, I will go on the under on six and a half with the gap. I'm not sure that they're going to exactly light it up this week. I know they're doing some different things. They're going to make the 14th hole drivable for the weekend, shorter rough, slower greens. I might lean more towards the five or six range. I think that you still, uh, potentially, depending on how the weather goes, you could still see guys next week get into, you know, well into 13, 14 under par. I don't know if they're going to see 20 under at uh, Jack's place this week, even with the revised rules. Uh, And then, no, I don't think the Ryder Cup is going to happen this year. I think that it'll probably be postponed to next year. I think that a lot of the the decision makers, I saw uh, Padre Carrington kind of had a, a quote earlier this week where he's coming around to it. I think that of all the events, you know, maybe the Masters could compete with this, but really it's the Ryder Cup that you need to have the fans. And any scenario where you're even looking at limited fans and trying to keep social distancing in place, it's, it's just not going to work. You can have a tour championship, you can have a PGA, you can have a U.S. Open without fans, but the Ryder Cup doesn't work without fans. Well, thanks so much for your time. Good to see you on the weekend. Uh, I'll see you back out on the road soon, and uh, enjoy the rest of your week. Thanks for your time again. 
Yeah, you guys as well. Stay safe. Will Gray, Will Gray Golf Channel. Follow him on Twitter at Will Gray GC and follow him at golfchannel.com. On the other side, bringing in Adam Scully. Start him, sit him. Next, this is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, was brought to you by Woodington Lake Golf Club, proud home of the Mackenzie Tour PGA Tour Canada's Ontario Open. For membership information or to book tee times and special events, visit WoodingtonLake.com. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Tourism Ireland. World-class courses, spectacular locations. Whatever you're looking for in a golf holiday, Ireland has something for you. Visit GolfAwayTours.com to book your Irish golf adventure. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Still lots to get to. Winner's Weird and Walk coming up next. We'll get you caught up on 20 Weeks of TaylorMade. But welcoming in now, master producer himself, Mr. Adam Scully. Scully, how are we doing this uh, this morning, my friend? Or is it this afternoon now? Yeah, it feels like this morning, but it's this afternoon. How are you? Oh, it's this morning somewhere, right? It's 1020 in, uh, in Vancouver, right? Uh, I, I, I've been taking some time in between commercial breaks, being inspired by Bryson, getting a little workout in. Uh, I'm just going to have my one of one protein shakes, not one of seven. So, uh, But it was a fascinating conversation you guys just had with uh, Will Gray about covering PGA Tour and if other guys are going to try to be like Bryson. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And I think uh, you know he might have hit a little bit of the nail on the head there. Not that... Uh, not that guys might start to play around with stuff, but you know sometimes it takes a generation of these things to flip over, and a lot will depend on Bryson's continued success if he continues to trend in this direction and the and he validates the hype. Now, speaking of validating the hype, it's time for Stardom Situm. <laughs> We're going to be at the workday this week. We're going back to back at Murfield Village, but we're going to see a kinder, softer more gentle Murfield Village in week one. And then we're going to see Murfield Village with its teeth out in week two, especially, like I say, considering the fact that they don't have to save it for the members. They are going through a full reno, and there's not going to be much protecting of the greens, let's just say, uh, come the, the weekend at the memorial. So, Adam, we're going to go cup half full first. We'll start with you. Who are you starting this week at the workday? Okay, so stardom situm this week for me. I am starting Canadian Adam Hadwin. He has 12 rounds during the PGA Tour restart with nine of them in the 60s. This course is coming off the T4 finish at the Rocket Mortgage, a great finish there. The greens, as we've mentioned many times throughout the show thus far, will be a different speed than normal at Muirfield Village this week. Hadwin is 23rd in strokes gained putting, consistently one of the best putters on tour. He'll be able to adjust to the likely slower green speeds. Uh, 22nd in driving accuracy, 10th in greens in regulation. He has a T11 finish at Muirfield Village back a couple of years ago as well. Adam Hadwin has good form. He is my starter this week. Bob, how about you? Who are you starting? Uh, I'm going with uh, one of the favorites here this week. I'm going to go with Justin Rose, who has uh, been a decent start to the restart. Does that make sense? The restart, start to the restart. <laughs> um, his last eight starts at, uh, at Muirfield Village, he has a win and four other top tens. So he obviously likes this golf course, and he obviously knows this golf course. We'll see if he does it 
under the different circumstances. We know that uh, the Greens, as you said, uh, in fact, the Greens are going to they're going to try and keep the Greens the first week at 11.5, the second week at 13. The 11.5 will allow them to use a few different pin placements than they normally would uh, during the Memorial. So there'll be uh, guys looking at some different spots that they're not used to. But I think Justin Rose is an accomplished enough putter that he'll be able to figure that out. I like Justin this week uh, too, Bob. That's a that's a good pick. I've been like Justin so far since the the restart. Uh, it's just a matter of time before uh, Rose finds a winner's circle again. Why not this week? Okay, guys, who am I starting? Well, there's 31 players in the field at the workday that have played every event since the restart. One of them, Victor. Hovland. He's recorded top 25s in each start since the reboot, and he led the field in strokes gain, tee to green, and proximity to the hole at the Rocket Mortgage Classic. But what is his Achilles here? Heel. He doesn't like the chip. He says he's a horrible chipper. Around the greens, he says he makes himself sick. Well, guess what? Uh, short rough, slow greens should really help his play around the greens. Don't like him the following week uh, at the Memorial, but like him this week at the Workday. I'm starting Victor Hovland. All right, Scully, who you sitting? I like that pick, Victor Hovland. On the sit side of things, I told you guys this on video podcast, a bit of a bold pick here perhaps. I am sitting Xander Shoffley this week. Yes, he's made the cut in all of his three starts since the PGA Tour resumed play. He's 105th in driving accuracy, 79th in strokes gained around the green, 82nd in putting this year. In his two appearances at Muirfield Village, he has a T14 and a missed cut. His game's sort of been all over the map, it seemed, for one of the most consistent players in the PGA Tour and the three starts he's had since the resumption of play. So I've decided to sit Xander Shoffley this week, even though he is, I want to say, the eighth betting favorite. Bob, who, who are you sitting this week? Uh, I'm going to sit uh, Big Phil. I'm going to sit Phil Mickelson, and that would be a little bit of a, a, a jump as well. But uh, he missed the cut in the Charles Schwab Challenge. We know that. He came on played really well for the first two rounds at Traveler, 64-63, the best two opening rounds, but then he went very, very mediocre, 71-71, and uh, he sculled a bunker out of bounds. So a uh, bunker shot out of bounds. I'm just going to remind that, everyone of that. <laughs> his history, his history at the, uh, at the, at the Memorial, uh, his last 10 rounds here, he's only broken 70 twice, and his last seven starts at the Memorial, he's only been inside the top 20 once. So I don't know if this is a the right uh, the right course for this horse. So I'm going to sit Phil Mickelson. All right, Mark, what do you got? Well, I'm going to stick with the horse I sat last week, and I'm going to sit him again this week. And I hate to do it because I love the guy. He's one of my favorite people on the PGA Tour. And when he's playing well, he's one of my favorite guys to watch. But last week, I sat Jason Day. He missed the cut. This week, I'm sitting Jason Day again. Showing no signs of life at all right now, guys. And when he woke up Monday morning, when Jason Day woke up yesterday, he was outside the top 60 in the official world golf ranking for the first time since 2010. Think about that. He What a fall from grace for Jason Day. We know a lot of it is the back. We know a lot of it is that he can't put in the time to practice because of the back. But right now, there is more going on than just the bad back. He is lost in the wilderness. All you got to do is look at his strokes gain putting. It's absolutely horrible. And when he's not one of the best putters in the field, Jason Day is going to have a hard time. Good thing for Jason Day is in his heyday, he usually is. Not the case right now. We're going to sit 
Jason Day. Okay, no shortage of good, bad, or ugly in the world of golf. We call it winners, weird, and what? Coming up on the other side, it's 3-dub. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by Tourism Ireland. World-class courses, spectacular locations. Whatever you're looking for in a golf holiday, Ireland has something for you. Visit GolfAwayTours.com to book your Irish golf adventure. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club. Live, stay, and play at our award-winning championship golf course. Visit MuskokaBayResort.com today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zucchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Mark Zucchino, Bob Weeks, Adam Scully. It is that time. And let me tell you, since we've done the reboot, there has been no shortage of winners weird and what. We've had Ian Poulter passing wind. We've had, uh, you know, like just the whole corona environment on the tour. I mean, there's been no shortage of material. And again this week, it is off the charts. And the T is mine. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! My winner this week comes from the Corn Ferry Tour. Will Zalatoris is your winner on the Corn Ferry Tour. That's not why he's my winner. After having the 54-hole lead, and listen, everybody knows, you watch a Corn Ferry Tour, you could have a 12-shot lead, it doesn't matter. You can go out and shoot 60 any given time. No lead is safe on the Corn Ferry Tour. It is the go-low tour, but not for Will Zalatoris. He decides after 54 holes, he's cutting a check to his caddy for the winning amount already the night before the final round. He says, don't worry, this is a done deal. I'm going out, I'm getting this done. Here's your cut of the winner's check. Wow, that takes you-know-what. Adam, you ever do anything that uh, with that much bravado before? Oh, baby. Uh, I mean, top of, top of mind, when I, when I predicted Tiger Woods would play in the Hero World Challenge, like a month after a spinal fusion surgery, I think that might have been the boldest pick I've ever made on the radio. <laughs> Other than that, uh, I don't think so. No, that that takes some. You know what? You're right, Mark. That's uh, that's quite a bold pick. But hey, it uh, gave him the confidence to win. So good for Will. All right, my weird this week. Well, anything to do with Ho Sung Choi is usually weird. To steal a line from David Faraday, his golf swing is like watching an octopus fall from a tree. I mean, it's got gidgets, widgets, hitches, uh, twitches. It's got nine moving parts. But this week in competition, even better. While all these parts are going in different directions, he spins out of one as he normally does because that's what, that's his move. But he bottoms out, drop kicks the driver. He drop kicks it so hard, it goes over the golf ball. He completely whiffs it. Bob, did you see it? And have you ever whiffed one yourself in competition? I have whiffed, and uh, I did see it, first of all. I did see it, and it was absolutely stunning. I mean, this guy has got the wackiest swing. It's, it's actually not a bad first part. It's the follow-through that kind of... Is, is very strange, but yeah, I've whiffed, and I whiffed 
trying to qualify for my club championship one time. So, uh, <laughs> there. Needless to say, needless to say, I didn't make it. <laughs> oh, that is good. Okay, my what this week? I'm going what cup half full. You know, guys, what what a time in Canadian golf right now. Uh, we've got three Canadians inside the top 100 in the official world golf ranking. Uh, what a time in Canadian golf. We've got six Canadians in the field this week at the workday. And what a time for Canadian golf. One of those six is Nick Taylor. It'll be his first start on the PGA Tour since uh, since returning from uh, the COVID break. He's already won this year. He's 101 in the world right now. A nice little finish this week from Nick Taylor. And guess what? Not only will we have three Canadians in the top 100 in the world, we'll have four. Four again for the first time ever. Very cool period for Canadian golf. All right, Bob, the T is yours. So, so what do I do? Just aim for the pond? No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water. But you hit it into the water. I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun! We're having fun! Look, it went further than your ball! All right, Mark, Mark, continuing with your uh, Canadian theme, my winner this week is Adam Hadwin, and I'm uh, doing that for his great finish last week. He finished up Eagle Birdie for a tie for fourth finish at the Rocket Mortgage Classic. And um, I, I went back and looked at his records where he is. He's now climbed to 55, I think, in the world. Uh, sorry, 53 in the world, which is pretty amazing. He has only missed one cut this year, and he has three top tens now in, 11, in just 11 starts. Remember, he took some time off because he became a father for the first time during uh, this season, so he spent a lot of time at home with his wife Jessica and baby Maddox. And um, he's 32nd on the FedEx Cup now, pointsless, which is also pretty awesome. The impressive thing for me, though, when I looked through some numbers, was the the uh, 13th in strokes gain total, which is kind of a good indication of an all-around solid game. And when you think of uh, when you think of Adam Hadwin, um, you know there aren't really a lot of weaknesses in his game, and I think he's he's moving in the right direction towards possibly getting that second win. What do you think, Mark? Yeah, you got to think, Bob. And and you, when you say some of the numbers, you know it caught me off guard, and shame on me because I know Adam was playing well. Like I know he was playing well, but when I think of this year, I obviously think of Nick Taylor. I think of uh, Mackenzie coming close at uh, Honda. I know Corey gets a lot of credit for his ball striking. Uh, Adam has, is not getting enough credit for the level of consistency and quality play. So you are correct, sir. My uh, weird takes me back to your weird, Mark, which is the Ho Sung Choi <laughs> whiff. <laughs> and it also takes me back to my famous moment of, of uh, whiffing when I was trying to qualify for the club championship. So after he whiffed, and if you noticed when he hit the, uh, he hit the, the big dirt pile behind the, like he had to be a foot behind the ball. The dirt that he raised up out of that is actually what knocked the ball off the tee. So the, the ball fell off the tee. And I could see them sitting around afterwards for a couple of seconds before the video cut out and they were clearly trying to figure out, okay, like, what do I do now? Like, I have no idea. And so I didn't realize, but there was a rule change involving this exact situation that came into play with the last time they made the uh, rule, rule changes with a couple of years ago with the drop and all that. One of the changes is that he is actually allowed to pick that ball up, put it on the tee. The whiff counts as a, as a swing because he was trying to hit it. So that's a shot, but he is now hitting his second shot and he can play it off the tee again. However, when I did it way back in the day, I picked it up and put it on the tee. It was a penalty. I didn't count that penalty, and that led 
to my disqualification in the <laughs> qualifying for my club championship. So there you go. Be wary of those rules. Do you know all the rules in the rule book, uh, Adam? Ooh, geez. I mean, I'm not quite at the level where Tom Brady was in the match where he had no idea how to take a proper drop, but I will tell a whiffing story of my own. I remember I was about 10 or 11 years old, and I probably was like about a 20 handicap or so. First round of the year, uh, I whiffed five times on the first tee I gave you. I was going to quit. I was almost crying. I haven't whiffed one in a very long time, but uh, hey, it happened. I'll tell you what, if you whiff five times in a row from now, anytime in your rest of your life, I'm going to make you quit golf. (laughs) (laughs) You're not allowed. You were disqualified from the game forever. (laughs) Uh, My my what this week is what a nice move by the folks at the Workday and essentially is the PGA Tour. We all know that uh, Chase Kepka, Brooks' brother, had Monday qualified for the Travelers' Championship. Unfortunately, he played a practice round with Graham McDowell and his caddy, who later tested positive. Uh, the caddy did for uh, COVID, and so as a matter of precaution, he actually left the tournament, sat out. The people at the Travelers gave him a pass for next year. They said, you come back, we'll guarantee you a, a sponsor exemption. And this week at Workday, the folks there did too. On the recommendation of the folks at the Travelers, who reached out to all the tournaments going forward to see if they could find a spot for Chase. So nice to see him in the field this week down at Muirfield Village. And Mark, uh, no, it's Adam, the tea is now yours. Yeah, well, I, I had the coffee. I got to activate the calves, and I got to step on one here. That's what I'm going to do today. Hit bombs and attack the pin. All right, my winner this week is Eddie Pepperell. Bob and I, we spoke about Eddie Pepperell last week for his social media game, and his tweets continue uh, to make me laugh, and I know made me a lot of people laugh. Uh, after Bryson won at the Rocket Mortgage, he tweeted, Bleep, just got real, Bryson. You better watch out because this little whippersnapper will be within 75 of you in no time and tweeted a picture of a protein bag that says serious mass on it, 50 grams of protein uh, and 1,263 calories per scoop. Mark, have you purchased a bag of protein powder yet? <laughs> no, I love the line, though. Within 75 of you, soon. Like, that's a full <laughs> lob wedge, basically, for these guys, right? Like, come on. That is so good. No no protein power being purchased in the Zucchino household. Although, Adam, there are some steaks going on the grill this evening. Okay, I, I like that. Yes, so Bryson has one steak, at, one steak a day. Maybe, Mark, you have one a week. But uh, Bryson being Bryson, it's working for him. And uh, we'll go from there. My weird this week, another Canadian story. Brad Fritch, eight under in a Monday qualifier for the Workday Charity Open and still doesn't qualify. These guys are good out there. And between the two Corn Ferry sites and the PGA Tour Monday qualifier, Yesterday, there were four 63s, 1664s that did not make it through. Bob, have you ever heard of a wild day like this on a Monday qualifying site before? It is the toughest thing to do to try and Monday qualify. And I can tell you there's a a thousand stories. Uh, Listen to how Corey Connors got into the uh, Valero Texas Open the time he won. He went into a playoff and had to hold a wedge at one point i mean it's just like monday qualifying is i don't know how guys survive i'd be i'd be running around pulling my hair out and jumping in the pond if i had to go through those more than once or twice a year yeah they're certainly wild to say the least brad fritch at least he tweeted out uh, that he's playing some good golf right now and then he was driving about eight hours back to where his home is after shooting eight under and not qualifying pretty wild story for sure my what this week 
Uh, around Bryson again, but now these are some comments from Kevin Kisner. And he said, and I'm quoting him here, he understands what is the key to gaining the biggest advantage, and that's distance and mega distance. He just has too much time on his hands, needs to start getting <laughs> married and having kids and feel like the rest of us. Uh, Mark, it's got to be a matter of time. If Bryson you know, ever gets married or whatever, uh, he's not going to have time to work out three times a day or have seven protein shakes in one day as well. Well, you know, you wonder how much of the comment from Kiz is tongue-in-cheek, etc. But there, there is some truth lying there, guys. And, you know, we talked about this. I don't know if you guys recall when we were coming out of COVID. I said that uh, I, I thought that maybe some of the younger guys were going to do better coming out of the gates, that a lot of the leaderboards would look like 20-somethings. Because when you're, when you're off and you're at home and you've got a wife and you've got kids... Uh, and you're a PGA Tour player, uh, you, you know, there are other responsibilities that take place. Now, Bryson, you're taking that to the nth degree there, right? Like, I mean, this is a full-time commitment. Look at, guys, what he is just eating on the golf course. The discipline to just take, what, 1,200 calories in shakes plus a couple of snacks just on a golf course? Like, I mean, this is a full-time commitment. This is a lifestyle, and I'm with... Uh, I'm, I'm with kids. When there's a, a couple of rugrats uh, running around and, and diaper duty, uh, uh, the gym, for some reason, doesn't seem to, to find its way back into your lifestyle. But, uh, you know, we'll have to see. Time will tell. Before, uh, before we say goodbye to you, Adam, uh, Bob and I, Will Gray's got closer to five shots between the winner at Workday and the winner at Memorial. Bob's got six shots between the winner at Memorial and workday i've got seven seven to me was kind of like the highest i would go i'm, I'm kind of with bob i think five's not enough I, I i'm in the five six six range where are you difference between workday winner memorial winner shot spread yeah i'm sort of in that five to six shot difference as well i mean it's the same golf golf course they can only trick it up so much and you know bobby made the great point about maybe they they could have flipped the nines it would have been maybe a little extreme if they said you can't hit your driver this week or you have to play with x amount of clubs i think that five or six number is uh, is going to be what the difference is going to be and i i'm i'm actually very curious to see how much different it will actually play looking at this week into next week because the greens at the memorial notoriously are some of the fastest on the pga tour you know what's going to be the best now, guys? When the workday winner is lower, is higher. Yeah. Than the, uh, <laughs> we got the script wrong. <laughs> Adam, thanks so much. We'll talk to you uh, Thursday. Uh, actually, tomorrow, video podcast, Wednesday afternoon, tsn.ca, and then, of course, Thursday for our final weekday edition of Golf Talk Canada. On the other side, we'll get you caught up with 20 weeks of TaylorMade, as well as our GTC schedule. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club. Live, stay, and play at our award-winning championship golf course. Visit MuskokaBayResort.com today. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by 
Adidas Golf, pushing the boundaries in golf footwear once again with the all-new Code Chaos, meant to challenge the definition of what a golf shoe can be. Visit adidas.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Well, as we wrap up another edition of Golf Talk Canada, if you missed it off the top of today's show, today is our final Tuesday edition of Golf Talk Canada. Tomorrow we have our video podcast dropping in the afternoon on tsn.ca, but then next week it will be our final video podcast next Wednesday. The reason it's our final video podcast, that coming up momentarily. Thursday will be our final weekday show. And then, of course, Saturday mornings, 8 to 10, always our National Golf Talk Canada radio time slot. But I mentioned our final uh, weekday radio and our final video podcast next week. That's because Golf Talk Canada TV returning Saturday, August the 1st. We will simulcast on TSN2 two hours of Golf Talk Canada radio on television every Saturday morning for the remainder of the season on TSN2. And then weekly, our weekly TV program kicks off that week on the Wednesday, a 60-minute preview show of the year's first major the PGA Championship, which of course you can see on TSN, like you can see the remainder of the PGA Tour this year on TSN, right up until we hand out a FedEx Cup, and then of course the US Open, Ryder Cup if we have one, and of course the Masters. Bob, what are you working on this week? I know we've got our stuff, but uh, any particular story you got your eye on, or uh, anything going on in Bob Weeks land? Well, we're going to do a little follow-up uh, to see how golf courses are doing now. We're sort of one month after the grand opening across the country, where every every golf course, I know some were open, were never closed, I guess, but uh, so we're going to do a little follow-up, see how recreational golf is doing. And uh, I'm going to have my eye on the six Canadians down at uh, the workday. I mean, that's that's great news, and hopefully, wouldn't it be great to have like two or three of them in a playoff on Sunday? It, it is a possibility. <laughs> it is a possibility. Now, on Saturday, uh, you're doing something uh, you haven't done in many years, and you kind of teased this a little bit. You teased it a little bit in your uh, Winners Weird and What. You are playing the club championship at Weston Golf Club. Tell us about it. So uh, they resurrected the club championships. They've got four different flights, C, B, A, and championship. I'm in the A flight. And because, you know, you and I, Mark, travel so much during the summer, you can't really enter these competitions because you're never around A. I'm never usually around for the qualifying and B, I just can't fit things in to play a game and, and keep my job at the same time. So, uh, so the fact that we're sort of grounded for, for most of the summer, I'm going uh, to go in, enter it, and I'm, I'm actually already in because there wasn't enough in my flight. But I got my first match on Saturday, and I'm looking forward to playing a little match play uh, club championship. It'll be fun. I love, I love playing match play. Yeah, it's great. A lot of fun playing match play. And a little silver lining again, Bob, there in a, in a pretty weird COVID environment, a little silver lining for you and me that, uh, you know, we're getting to use our golf club probably for the first time in many years, which is usually not the case. We cut the check and say, thank you very much. We'll see you next spring. So, exactly. you know, that, that's usually the play. <laughs> 20 weeks of TaylorMade is continuing. This week, we are giving away two MG2 wedges from our friends of TaylorMade. Of course, the MG2 is the uh, wedge you're seeing on tour that uh, has the face that is left raw. And what I mean by a raw face is it just doesn't have a finish on it, so that face can rust. And when it rusts, it gets soft, softer, and it applies more spin to the golf ball. And it's great how they've done it because they finished the rest of the golf club, so the golf club doesn't get rusty and look like crap in your bag 
just the face where you want it. It's a great little uh, piece of uh, ingenuity. And we're giving away two of them, two MG2 wedges, but you got to follow us on social media at Golf Talk Canada. That is at Golf Talk Canada on Twitter and Instagram. Do both. You got twice the chance to win as we give away close to 20000 in prizing throughout the summer on Golf Talk Canada. Grand prize, U.S. Open weekend, full set of golf clubs from top to bottom, through the bag, tour experience. Get treated like Dustin Johnson for the day. But you've got to follow us. you got to enter to win. If you already follow us on social media, you are already entered. And, of course, tomorrow, don't forget, our second last video podcast, tsn.ca, usually in the afternoons, it drops uh, somewhere between 12 and 2. We'll be back Thursday with another live edition of Golf Talk Canada Radio. Uh, two, uh, 12 to 2 Eastern, our final one. Leafs lunch coming back next week now that the seems like the NHL is getting revved up and back to go. Going to be good to see some hockey. Bob, you have a great week. We'll talk to you tomorrow. And uh, thank you all so much for listening. Remember, first good decision on the golf course. It always starts in the closet. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by Adidas Golf. Pushing the boundaries in golf footwear once again with the all-new Code Chaos. Meant to challenge the definition of what a golf shoe can be. Visit Adidas.ca. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television, weekly on the TSN Television Network.